you know, we could, I heard a man say, I can worship anywhere. But I believe you get it in together. Worship when you're together with believers in a congregation of church. The Bible said that we're to gather together. And we're not to forsake gathering together. We're to come together that we might praise and glorify God. This morning I want to talk to us about our faith versus our fears. We've been through a lot. 2020 was a year when we were a lot fearful. We were, we were into an election. And some people were worried that uh, Donald Trump was going to get reelected. Some people were worried that Joe Biden was going to get elected. And come to find out, Joe Biden did get elected. But I believe that even though his election, and we, there are people still talking about it today. Me and my wife, we've decided, we decided last year that we were going to declutter our lives and that we were going to live a peaceful life and, a, and not get aggravated. So the thing we did, we took our phone and took every news app off our phone. I disconnected cable. We do Roku now and other things. And we have been so peaceful. Somebody said, well, what, did you hear about what happened the day in Congress? I said, no, I didn't care either. doesn't bother me anymore. I don't get frustrated about it anymore. So we decluttered our lives. And we decided this. Whatever happens, if we could do something about it, we will. If we can't, we're not going to worry about it. We're going to trust God that God's promises are true, that he is going to take care of us no matter what we walk through, no matter where we go. And so that's what I want to talk to us today about the righteous should live by faith and not fear. My, daughter, my sister-in-law, many of you have heard, Kathy's talked about it, and I know they have. Uh, she had COVID, was in the hospital, and had pneumonia at the same time. Very sick. Well, while she was in the hospital, very sick, her son who was living with her passed away. And... Uh, we couldn't be there. They wouldn't let you in the hospital. You couldn't go there and be with us. So her son, via uh, Instagram or whatever it was, had to tell her over that, had doctors around her. And, she, and I thought, this is going to kill her, but she's not that strong anyway. And she was started bawling, and, you know, as you normally would think, tearful. But her statement was, I know Chris is alive. She said he was a believer, and he trusted God. And when they told her that, she wept for a while, but she, in her sorrow, has believed God's promises, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And today, I want us, if we can, to be encouraged. This, this, this psalm was written to a group of Hebrews, so that's the reason the name Hebrews, and, you know, you, they thought that they, they had just heard the good news. They had just been told about Jesus, and they were excited about receiving him. And they thought they might be just the, the forerunners of what's going to happen in, in their city and in their church and in their community. We've just received this. And so when this spreads out, people are going to be so excited. They're going to wham, embrace this with, with, in, with love and security, and they're just going to be overwhelmed by, by God's goodness. Well, that turned out to not be the fact. Matter of fact, their community turned on them. Their friends forsook them. I even understand in those days and times that uh, families had funerals for their loved ones. If you accepted this new way of life, that they had a funeral for you and said that you are no longer alive to us. We consider you dead to us. We will no longer talk to you. You have left what we've had. They, 
and they thought everything's going to be great. You know, when I got saved, I thought that's where it was going to be. I came to faith at 29 years of age, and I, and I thought, well, this is going to be the greatest thing because I kept hearing about how, how wonderful it is to be a believer and how, and how important it is and how joyful it is. And so I became a believer, and all of a sudden, I was losing friends because I would talk to them about Jesus. We'd, say, we'd talk to them about how God has changed my life and how God saved me out of this wretchedness life and this, and now I live by faith. And, not, and they would say, oh, I don't want to hear about that, and, and, and they would just leave. And I thought, I'm not really much different than I was before, except I have a bit different belief pattern. I believe there is a real God. And they started leaving me. And I thought, what happened? And that's what this man is telling to them today. Many of you, and as we've talked about this morning, the pastor talked about it, Amanda talked about it, about how you, we can walk through dark days and not know and not realize what's going to happen to us. And so that's what we've talked about. Everyone here should realize by now that negative situations, problems, are a part of life. They just happen. We don't know when they're going to happen or how they're going to happen or what's going to be the situation for them to happen. As long as we live on this planet, we're going to encounter problems, situations that we don't understand. Why does God lead us to these places? See, the dream life, the life that you and I would probably plan for ourselves, I think they have a scripture that would look something like this. Do they have that slide? Do we have that slide? Oh, well, okay, this slide here. <laughs> the, the, the other one, you had it right. This one here is mainly a straight line. If I, had a, if I had an option of planning my life, my life would be steady, it would be smooth, there'd be no problems in my life. I would just have a joyful life. If God said, and that's what I thought when I became a believer, I'm just going to have a steady life. Man, things are going to be good now because Jesus is on my side, and I can, I can, I can hurt anybody anything I want to because Jesus said he will take care of me, he will protect me, and so my life is just going to be smooth, it's going to be wonderful, and I'm going to have a great time. How many of you would like to prefer have a life like that where it's just smooth, steady, no problems? You don't have to get up every morning and wonder what's going to happen. You don't have to worry about when your kids walk down the street or somebody's going to kidnap them. You don't have to walk worry what's going to happen to them at school. There's just going to be a, a, a utopia. It's going to be a utopia like that. One straight, steady, smooth line. But if you live long enough, you live long enough to know that life's not like that. Life's more like this other picture. If we've got, there it is. Life is just a series of ups and downs, problems, situations you go through. Be smooth a little bit, then you'll be another problem. I'm 71 now. I keep forgetting how old I am because I feel like I'm 12. It's just ups and downs. Life's just coming and going, and you'll do good. And, and then I'll think to myself, well, I finally got over that hurdle. There's not ever going to be another problem. I got that behind me. Sure enough, I'll go a little bit longer. What do you do? You run into another problem. One you never saw coming, never one you thought would ever happen to you, but it happened. And can I tell you, you may be in that situation today. If you're not in one today, and I hate to inform you this, if you don't know, look forward to tomorrow or the next day because you're going to be in one. Everybody in this world, the Bible says, you're going to have tribulations. That's problems, that's situations, that's heartache, all of those things. This zigzag line, if you've been and paying attention, you realize that life is just a series of ups and downs. It's just you, you, you got it made one day, the next day some things are problems. 
in the medical field, if you look at this straight line, let me look at it one more time, in the straight line in the medical field, if this shows up on a heart monitor, <laughs> you're in trouble. They call that the flat line. That means that you have no life left. If your life is just smooth and easy and, and just no problems, uh, you're already dead. That's the only way. Now, the other line is this. In the medical field, if you just have a glimmer, oh, there's a little glimmer, but if you have a, just a glimmer of life, if you ups and downs, you know what that means? That means you've got life. You've got things. That's the way life really is. They, if they can just see a glimmer, they're going to say there's still life in this body. There's still hope for this person. Because I know this, problems, betrayals, and negative situations are just a part of life. You're going to have them. So how do we navigate to this and blows up? Do we just say, oh, well, I, just, I don't know what to do now. I just got to wait till this and blows over. I'm just going to be depressed and, and the situation I can't handle. No, here's the situation we're fixing to get into our study. In God's love, he chose a way. He chose a, a way for you and I to navigate through anything we encounter through life, and he calls it a, by a little word called faith. Faith can overcome your loneliness, it can overcome your depression, it can overcome your lack, but a lack of faith can enlarge every problem you've ever had. Oh, I used to run into problems, but I said, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to get by this? Can I remind you this, that Satan's plan through, through all of life, whatever you're going through, Satan's plan was this from the beginning, to distort and to destroy your faith in God. You ever lost a job? I told, I told a guy one time, I got fired when they were still hiring. And if you've ever, it could be this situation. But you lose a job, and here, your situation, your thoughts could be this. Oh, no, how am I going to provide my financial needs? How am I going to provide my, my family? How am I going to make the car payment? How am I going to make the alimony payment? How am I going to make, you know, all those things go through your mind. I don't have alimony payments, so that's a good thing. But how am I going to pay all of my responsibilities? I just lost my job. I don't know what to do. Or you can think, you can say, thank you, Lord, that I know your promises to me are faithful and true. You already know that I'm going to be able to make it. You already have another job for me lined up. And every time I, I've, I've never been fired, but if I'd ever been fired, I know that God would have a job for me waiting. I read an article one time about Ted Turner. You know, he was the Jane Fonda's, one of her husbands. And he said, I, be, I consider becoming a missionary. And he was studying to be a missionary. But he said that his sister got sick. He prayed for her, asked her to heal her, and she died. And these were his words. He said, I would never serve a God who would do something like that. See, his faith was not really in God. His faith was not really strong. Have you ever responded to a situation you encountered that determines the impact it's going to have on your life. Everything you encounter through life, if you encounter it with faith or non-faith, determines how you're going to live and how you're going to be impacted. So here's the thing, how to live in faith and not fear. If you've got your Bibles, and I hope you do, we're just going to take a few minutes. Whoops, hello, Jesus. And we're going to go through these verses right quick. You ready? Man, this book is... 
pastor. I don't think that book ever is. Here we go. First thought I thought about is found in verses 32 through uh, 34. This. But recall, he's telling these people, you've been through a lot. You just got saved. Now you're concerned. He says, but recall the former days in which you were illuminated, which you were enlightened, which you understood. You endured a great struggle with suffering. Partly while you were made a spectacle by the reproaches of and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and a more enduring possession for yourself in heaven. This writer is telling these folks, you remember when you came to faith, when you were enlightened, when you understood all that God was going to do for you? And when you did, you suffered persecution, partly because of the way you believed, partly because of what you told folks about your life, but then partly because you were friends of ours, because you supported us, because you told them about our ministry. You were starting to suffer persecution because of your faith and what you had in life. You see, you can worry about your situation, or you can, or you can believe God has a purpose for it, and will, and will bring you out through that. Every time you go through a problem, God has a purpose. He never wastes a situation in life, even though it's a problem. Sometimes he has to use a problem to get us to where he wants us to go. Sometimes he has a problem to let people see what we really believe in God. There's no greater or safer place to be than in God's will, even if that place seems to be a place of disaster or, or great distress, Wherever you're at, if you're, in the, if you're in God's will, you ought to be able to get through it. There's a line in a song that goes like this. I've been through enough to know that he will be enough for me. I'm looking at some gray hairs out there. We can testify that we have been through enough to know that he's going to be enough for us. He's going to make a way when there doesn't seem a way. He will be there through every problem we encounter. If we need proof, the Bible is filled with illustrations of how God gets us through. There was three Hebrew children, and they believed God. They had faith in the God, and they displayed their faith. When in displaying their faith, got them into a heated situation. There was a king who made a decree that no one could worship any God except him. And he meant it. He said, if anybody worships anybody but me, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And so they went to the king. They did, I don't even know if they thought about it. They just said, King, we serve one God, and we will worship him only. He's a jealous God. He doesn't want us to worship anybody else. And they quickly found out that the king was a man of his word. Immediately they were taken and thrown into the fire. And the king meant for these three Hebrew children to, 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 to die a horrible death, yelling and screaming and pleading, oh, we're sorry, king, don't throw us in here. And he throws them in there. And, I, and what they found out when they got into the flames, you know the story. And I, this is my version. Jesus was in the flames with them. He keeps his word also. And when he was in there, he was waiting in there with them with electric blankets because it was probably cold to them. He had given them a fireproof suit. They couldn't burn. They were in a situation that was impossible. Do I believe this story is true? I believe it's absolutely true. 
I believe that God is able to put you in a fire and keep you from burning. I also believe that God can do anything that you can believe him for because he says, if you can believe, I can do it and you can have it. I just believe that if by faith, if we will serve God, if we will trust God, God will do miraculous things for us. He will turn every situation you face into a celebration. I remember when Paul and Silas were in jail and they were doomed to die. They were going to kill them the next day. What were they doing? They weren't in there crying and pleading and begging and telling God, you let us down. We served you and you're not even around to help us. What are we going to do? No, when he was in prison, in prison in the jail, you know what they started doing? They started praising God at midnight, singing hallelujah to the Lord. They knew that God was able to get them out of there, but they also knew that if God didn't, what would he do? He'd take them straight to heaven. But the Bible says there's, there's no more death, there's no more sorrow, there's no more pain. There's going to be a beautiful day in heaven. The day Chris died, he wasn't in pain. He was up there rejoicing with Jesus Christ. He was, I tell him, he was dancing around the throne. I, I want to be a Pentecostal when I get to heaven because I want to be able to praise and shout and dance. I want to be able to, to glorify God and I, don't want to, I just want to shout glory to the Lord. And I know in, some, in this church you can do this. You can praise God any way you want to, and I'm thankful for that. They, to the king meant for them to bake and to burn. Not with Jesus there. See, faith in God that made it possible for them to thrive in the flames. That's what faith does. Faith makes it able for you to get past a situation that you don't understand why you're going through the situation. The Bible says that these people, they, they suffered the change and they, and they separately the plundering of their goods. They lost everything. People were coming and taking them. They knew that they had a better possession than they'd ever had before. I wrote this down. The same thing that Jesus did for those three, he has promised to do for those who love him and live by faith and not by fear. Anything you can have faith in God, if you stand strong and say, this I believe and I shall not be moved, the Bible says that God will be with you and strengthen you. He loves to see people with faith. He will turn every situation you face into a, face into a celebration. What God gives more glory, when you give more, what gives God more glory? That you might say, God, these three children, God, don't make us go into the flames. We don't want to go into the flames. Please don't make us go into the flames. So they don't go into the flames. And they're telling their friends, you know, God didn't make us go into those flames. God didn't put us in it. Or is it more powerful to say, you're not going to believe what we just experienced. We were thrown into a fiery furnace, telling their friends, their moms and dads, we were thrown into this fire, and it, we didn't even get burned. We were in there, and we were, we were unbound, and we were walking around. Jesus was in there with us. You can't imagine what we experienced. You should, you should have been in there with us. You would have had a great time. Well, which is a more powerful testimony? It's when you go through a problem in victory. It's when you go through a problem and you should live by faith that God will see that your testimony is stronger than it was before. That's why we need that stuff. We need to be, we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God didn't allow them to go through the furnace or, or he should have been there. So that's a powerful testimony. I wrote this down. God states from Genesis to Revelation, your problems will never be your demise, but your faith or your lack of faith will. What can you believe in for? Me and Kathy were just married. I was working in the oil field. I was just a, a oil field guy working out in the deal. We didn't have a lot of money. 
uh, we, we just getting started in life. And I think I told you before, we were, we were, I was wanting to buy her a hamburger. We didn't have enough, we didn't have $5 to get a hamburger. We were just broke. It was pitiful. And we were struggling. And so a friend of mine said, you know, we were in the bus ministry there. And he said, you know, if we put up a sign there in Odessa, bus ministry cleaned by Temple Baptist Church for the next two miles, you've seen those things? He talked us into doing it. And I said, that's crazy. But I did it anyway. I put the sign there. I just had them dirty. So it came to our day to clean up this two-mile stretch of road. And so I told all our bus drivers, we had about 100 bus drivers, and we said, we're going to meet out there, and we're going to clean the road. It won't take us along with this, with all the guys out there and the ladies out there. We get out there, time to start, six people showed up. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do? So I'm out there, we're cleaning, it's a long day now. And I'm asking myself, to God, I'm asking to God, if I just had enough money to buy Kathy a burger. I said, would you help me? And I, this is God's watching. God's listening to me right now. Would you help me get able to make Kathy get a hamburger where we can go get a hamburger? Lord, I'd like to do it. She worked so hard. She's such a wonderful wife. And I'm down there cleaning, and I reach down, and I pick up a can, an old, dirty, nasty can. I'm going to put it in my bag. Underneath the can, now this is a true story. This is not a preacher's story. This is a true story. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Pastor. <laughs> I reach under the can, put it in my bag, and I see some papers. I thought, well, I better get the paper. I reach down, and it's a $5 bill. God's my witness. $5. It's not Pentecostal talking either. This is, this is Baptist. Reach down, get $5 bill. And you know what I start doing? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. Thank you that you can do things I don't understand. Thank you. I, I wonder how long that $5 has been there. I don't know. But I grabbed it. This was before cell phones, so I had to wait till I got home. That's how old she is. <laughs> and I said, Kathy, get ready. We're going to McDonald's. And we went and bought a Big Mac and all the, and a Coke, and we had a great time. You know why? Because God is faithful. But we have to act by faith. That's what he says, your faith will make things happen. So we have to, if you've got your Bible in Psalms uh, 27, 1 through 3, it says this. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me, eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foe, they stumble and fall. Though an army be kept against me, my heart shall not fear Though your though your though war may rise against me and all this, I am confident. He says, I'm not afraid that the that the world's going to come against me because I live in faith. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? What how is your faith today? How's your faith? Are you doing anything for where God can bless your faith? Where you can step out in faith? Where you can realize the goodness of God because you did something by faith? You stepped out and you just maybe gave something because you gave away the money that you needed to live, but God provided for you. You see, that's what God does. God, God can do those things. And I don't have time and you don't want to listen to it. And you've got stories too, but man, God has done such great things. We're not to let the Satan bound us because we are unboundable if we live in faith, in God's faith. Second thing I thought about found in verses 34. And 36, or, or the last part of 34, it says, You have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. 
Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which is your great reward, for you have need of endurance, that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. My second thought is this. Faith never allows your reality to steal your spiritual blessing. There's always situations in life that will challenge your faith. Problems that will hold you back if you let them. I want to do this, but I'm afraid. I, I need to teach a Sunday school class. I need to help Betsy in the, in the children's ministry, but I'm, I'm afraid I can't do it. Well, how much Bible knowledge do you need to teach a three-year-old? How much ability do you need to, to step out by faith and maybe help on the bus ministry they have here or teach a class or our pastor's always needing help doing something. He, there's always something around the church that can be done and he could use your help. But by faith, we don't allow that to happen. There's always an excuse that can be given as to why I can't do what God has already told me I can do. Now, did you get that? There's always an excuse I can give to not do the things God's already told me that I'm able to do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, Paul says. I am greater than we lose our blessing by our own self-made limitations. I can't do this. I am not able to do this. God can do things that you never thought. When I was first got saved at 29, I was in the church at Temple Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Jerry Phillips, our pastor. And God was burdening me about going into the ministry. I just couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't, I couldn't get any peace about it. But I kept telling God, God, I can't do this because, first of all, I don't want to. Second of all, is I don't have the ability. And I've already got three kids. I can't go to Bible school. God, I can't do this. I'll tell you what, at the time we owned a couple, three or four businesses, and I told God, if you'll just leave me alone, I'll give you money, all the money you want. Just here, take it. It's all yours. Just leave me alone. He would never leave me alone about it. And I'm in my office one night, and I'm praying. Then we, we had our house, and I had an office in the back. And I was out there praying, just minding my own business. And you've had this happen. God showed up. Seemed like he showed up right next to me. And I'm saying, I'm sure I don't know. I, literally, I don't open my eyes because I believe he's in the room with me. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm confused about what to do and what not to do. I'm scared to go into ministry. First of all, preachers don't make any money. And I don't. <laughs> and they have a, to deal with people all the time. Don't want that headache. And I can hear him say to me, Johnny, I've called you and I want you. I want you to come in. I want you to serve me. I want you to give up all this stuff and come to me. And at that moment, my wife is here. She knows it's a reality. I'm out of my office. I'm so scared he's in the room. And this literally happened. I kept my eyes closed until I got to the door. And I'm, and I'm looking for the light switch. And I turned the light switch off and opened the door. And I run from my office to my house, scared to death that God was going to be following me. And I got in there and I told my wife, Kathy, I just had an experience with Jesus. He wants me, I said, can you believe he wants me to go to the ministry? Now, I'm a guy that used to cuss him all the time, cuss at him, tell him, call him every person, and use his name vulgarly, use his name in, in the story. I, 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 I did everything against him that could be done against him. And he wants me to go and serve him. I know it's got to be a joke. I know it's got to be somebody's playing mind tricks with me. But I told him, yes, I would do that. I didn't know what to do or how to do. I had no clue. What do you do now that you said yes? My phone. 
And this is a true story. My phone rings the next day. We're living in McCamey at the time. A pastor from Odessa, my pastor, calls me on the phone and says, Hey, Johnny, how you doing? I said, Well, I'm doing good. Well, things are going good. Businesses are doing good. Listen, we haven't, we've been praying up here. We haven't really thought about having a bus pastor for a while. We've had several. They hadn't worked out. But something just impressed us to call you and see if you would like to come and be our bus pastor. I went home and told my wife. I said, evidently, that's what I'm going to do. So I told the pastor, yes, I would. We loaded up all of our stuff. January the 1st, 1983, snowing. Loaded in a U-Haul, drove back to Odessa where our home was. Unloaded it. And I became the bus pastor at Temple Baptist Church. I don't know a thing about bus ministry. I don't know a thing about anything. I worked in the oil field. Our buses were running about 200. And I told God, God, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't know what to do, but I'll tell you this. If, you, if you've called me, I'll serve you. And I'll do the best I can. But Lord, I can't do anything unless you bless it, unless you do it. So by faith, I'm going to do this. And, not, and here's what God did. This is what God did. Within a year, our buses were running 800 kids a week. We had 20 buses. That, if you've been to Odessa, planted Odessa, we drove them to Pleasant Farms for about 15 miles down the road, bringing kids from there, way out west of Odessa. God took an ignorant man who knows nothing, but by faith I just said, God, if you will bless it, I will do it. And God increased that ministry. When we left there to move here, not to move here, but we left there, our buses were running 800 and something kids a week. But it was all because of what God did. You see, God says, faith doesn't allow anybody to steal your spiritual blessings if you'll live by faith. We say we believe in the power, the power of God is real. Oh, I believe in God. I believe he's real. We say that we believe that he can do miracles, miracles happens, and we, can, we believe those things. And then we say, but God will do that for somebody else. But God would never do that for me. I mean, I'm not worthy, and I'm not, I'm not anybody. God wouldn't do that for me. Well, listen, he, if he will do it for, he, if he did it for me, I can promise you, he will do anything that you can believe him you want, you can do for him. Just develop, we, if I don't do it, I develop an attitude of limitation. You see, we develop, I, we need to develop an I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength mentality. Through, through your faith, reality doesn't always have to be the future. It doesn't even have to be your present. In faith, oh, I've, got, I've lost a job. No, I haven't lost a job. God's going to have a better job for me. He just promoted me to the next job that I'm going to go to. Well, my, I've got cancer. Well, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to, if I do chemo or whatever, but I know this, that my God will see me through this valley, and if he takes my life, what's the, why are we believers anyway? Just so we can come to church on Sunday and pray? No, I'm a believer because I got a promise that laid up for me is a treasure in heaven. There's laid up for me a place that when I die, my, my body, and I'll, not my body, but my soul will go and live there forever because that's what's greatest. So if I die today, I'm not a loser. Oh, poor Johnny, he died. He had, he had faith and he died. No, I got promoted into heaven. And that's what God says will happen to you if you'll let it. There's a story in 1 Kings 4, 1 through 7 about a lady. Of course, her husband had died. 
And she's got two kids. And, of course, back then, women were not, nothing in, uh, in society. And so she's run out of money. She's run out of everything. She has nothing left. And so the creditors come to her door, knocking at her door, says, we're here for the payment on the property, on the land, on your bills. She says, I have nothing. He said, well, then I'm going to take your two children as slaves, and I'm gonna, they're going to work for me till that debt is pulled off. She doesn't know what to do, so she hears that there's a prophet in, down the street. So she runs to the prophet, and she talks to him, and she says, listen, the creditors have come. They're taking my kids, and I'm going to be, I don't know what to do, and I'm lost. I have no help. He says, what do you have in your house? And she says, I don't have anything in my house except I got a little jar of oil. That's all I have. And, he, and you know what his response was? That's great. That's what you, you've got a jar of oil. Are you kidding me? He says, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go to all of your neighbors. So I want you to borrow as many jars as you can get. And so our kids go out and they're knocking on the door saying, can mama borrow your jar for a little while? Mama needs some jars. And they bring all these jars. And the prophet says, now I want you to take that little jar of oil and I want you to fill up all of those jars of, I just want you to keep filling them up. So she's thinking, you, you're really, you're conning me, right? This is kind of stupid. You think this little amount of oil is going to fill up all of those? You're, you're, you're not right. He says, and I'm sure he said to her, do you want your stuff paid? Do you want, do you want to be blessed? Well, then do what's the impossible. So she starts pouring that oil in, the, in his jars. She starts to go one by one by one by one. I don't know how many she filled up. It doesn't say. But then she tells her sons, bring me another jar. Jug. And Ma, they said, Mama, there's not any. So she goes to the prophet and says to him, we've got all these jars of oil. He said, go sell the, now this is how much God blessed her. Go sell the jar of oil and pay your debt, and then you live off the rest. You see, my God is a God, and your God is a God of more than enough. He will never be outdone. The response was that. He filled those, and those jars were 30, back then were 30 out, 30 gallon jars. They weren't small, they were huge. You know the teaching that we'll miss this for fun. Through faith, we do what God wants, no matter how absurd it sounds. Pastor talking about growing the church, making reaching people. Well, how are we going to do that? We're going to do that by faith. We may have to go out and knock a few doors. We may have to do, he may have to do some things that, that will stir up the community to just come in these buildings and as he preaches the gospel and they hear the gospel and they get changed. He may have you go to your friends and talk to them about Jesus who you know they're not saved. And can I tell you, hell is as hot today as it was when it first was created. Hell is a real place. Jesus talks more about the right hell than anybody in the Bible. He knows it's a place, but he told the, the writer tells these folks, listen, you have a great reward for waiting for you. You have everything. Don't let your present dictate what your future is going to be. Matthew 29 and 23 says, if you can believe, all things are possible to them to believe. You see, your faith is your starting point for a miracle. Faith. What can you believe God for? The last thing is found in verse 37 through 39. Look what he says. So for yet a little while he is coming who will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. 
But if anyone back down, my soul has no pleasure in them. But he says this in third down. But we are not of those who back down to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of our soul. My thought was this. Faith never settles for less of God's best in your life. When I became a Christian, the man told me all that God could do for me and all that God would do for me. And I believed that. I believed that he would. And I put him to the test. Me and my wife were tithing. Finally got to the tithe point with the 10%. Did it for a while to get there. But we talked about it one day. and We said, you know what? Let's just start giving more than the tithe. Let's just trust God and see what he will do. And this might brag on me because I don't have nothing to be bragging on. I'm a failure in my life. But the last... 10 years of our life at our ministry in Odessa, we gave back to the church over 50% of our tithes. We lived on 50. Well, I take that back. The government took 25 and taxes and everything. So, But you know what happened? We never lacked for one thing. We didn't have to call the banker and say, hey, you need to come get this. We can't afford it. We don't know what we're going to do, but by faith, God supplied everything because our God well, listen, our God is a faithful God. He's not, he's not trying to blow smoke at you. He's not trying to get you to pretend. He's everything. God's promise is that if you will stick with him, he will enrich your life beyond your wildest dreams. And that could be proved if you'll just step out by faith. A sheik in Saudi Arabia had a companion that he wanted to bless and that he wanted to give him a present, wanted to give him a gift. And the companion said, no, I can't. I can't take a gift from you. We're friends. We're, we're this. And he said, after much badgering and arguing back and forth, finally the, the companion, companion said, well, if you want to get me a gift, I could use some golf clubs because I've just taken up golf. If you just, I'm just taking up golf, so if you get me some clubs. And so after a while, the sheik comes back and he tells the, the, his companion, listen, I got you five clubs, but only four of them have swimming pools and tennis courts. <laughs> hey, God goes beyond what we can believe. And he asked the guy, is that okay? Well, yes, it's okay. That's what God does. You see, when the Lord, what the Lord has in store for you makes those golf clubs look like peas, uh, golf peas. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, I have not seen nor heard nor entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. God has something great for you, but we have to do it by faith. So my last point is, let's determine never to allow our problems to steal our faith in God's ability to bring us victory. Church, if this church ever decides to step out in full faith, you're going to have to build a new auditorium. You're going to have to hire more staff for pastors for the people he, he wants to reach, people he wants to bless with the gospel. He'll need you to go out and, and do things that you've never done, but the Bible says that you can do those things if you will do them and allow God to give him the glory for everything he has done. And i got to pray that I'm, I'm way up past you. Father, thank you today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that you care for us, that you saved us. But Father, I'm thankful that while I'm alive on this planet, you have promised me 
says, I will live by faith. Every situation I go through, every problem we face, if we face it with faith, that we will be more than victors, that we will be able to, to conquer those, these things. Lord, there'll be some today that are going to go through that battle called cancer. There are some that are going to have to put their loved ones in a grave. But you said that if we believe, we will see them again in glory if we've been saved. So Lord, help us today to live by faith and not by fear. Help us to live glorifying you. Whatever you situation you go through, we go through, Lord, maybe do it with praise and maybe do it with faith as we travel this land. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen.